Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome to How to Survive. We're here to get you through the stuff that can kill you. Oh, you mean like bear attacks and earthquakes and fires? Totally. And the stuff that makes you wish you were dead. Yeah, like having your heart broken or peeing your pants or peeing your pants a second time. Check, check, check. Yeah, we should just play the music. Yeah. Hi, welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine. I'm Danielle Koenig. I'm Christine Kimmel. And Christine, before right before we got on the show, before we got on the show. Yes. I can't talk already this morning. You were talking about you guys watch movies at your house and your daughter, what does she do? So, you know, because of COVID, we couldn't go to the movies anymore. Yeah. So we watched a lot of movies at home. And my daughter likes to host the movies, but... <laughs> She does this as a character named Bob. <laughs> um, and so she would put on a little mustache that she would make herself oh. with paper and she'd color it in and glue it to her face and oh wear a hat. God. What and kind of hat? What like hat? a little uh, fedora. <laughs> okay. And then she'd wear her brother's clothes because oh. Bob is a man. Got it. And he's the theater owner. Oh. Of the theater. Okay. And so she and her brother would make movie tickets. Oh my God. And they'd make homemade, because we have a popcorn popper, they'd make the popcorn, make pretzels, and they'd put little bags of popcorn and pretzels at the theater, and they'd assign seats, and then we would have to go to the hallway, buy tickets for the movie, go down to the end of the hallway, Yeah, it's a little bit of like a obstacle course to Uh get to the movie, Okay, then back down the hallway... Go go through like the living room to our seats, and then we'd get to pick which seat we sat in. 
um, which was just the couch or a chair. Uh-huh. And they would set up their seats, which was like a bunch of blankets on the floor. Oh. And um, turn in our tickets for the film. And oh usually, I think Benjamin would also have a character in it. He was like Fred. Okay, Bob and Fred. Who was kind of her sidekick. She mm-hmm. she runs, Bob, ru- he runs the show. Bob runs yeah. the show. Well, it sounds like, yeah. Maybe Bob's keeping Fred on like to, as an apprentice. Yes. Maybe one day Fred will take over, but not for a long time. I don't, it seems like Fred doesn't have a power trip. Like Fred yeah. doesn't need to take over. Fred's quite happy to be the assistant. Right. And uh, usually then when by when the lights go down, yeah. Bob and Fred disappear. Alex and Benjamin <gasps> uh, appear. Oh, and do Bob and Fred make an appearance after the movie? Sometimes there's a break in the middle. <laughs> uh-huh. To get more popcorn sure. and stuff like that. And then we get a little viewing of Bob, uh, Fred. And does does Bob, Bob have a certain voice? You know, uh, it's similar to Alex, <laughs> okay. I would say. That is one of the cutest things I've ever heard. So That is so cute. It's really fun. And yeah. uh, I love seeing a character. And do they, because we went to a lot of drive-ins. Mm-hmm. During the pandemic, and even before that, we've gone to the Alex Theater in uh, uh, Pasadena, where they have like, you know, the Three Stooges day or something. And then the person who gets up, who is the Bob of that theater, will go on and on and on and on and on and on and talk way too much because they just are so interested in their own voices. Does Bob, is Bob brief? Bob is brief. Bob is brief. Okay, Bob knows you want to get to the film. Bob also wants to get to the film, luckily. Good. And does Bob pick the movie? Usually Bob and Fred work something out. Okay. Uh, because they're, they're sometimes a little arguing. Sure. You know, about what the movie's going to be. Yeah. But they can come to some kind of compromise usually. Oh, my God. That's so cute. It's the cutest thing I've ever heard. Um, have you ever seen a movie called Force Majeure? No. I know the phrase. Isn't it like a legal uh, expression force majeure it's French so okay. I, I don't ask me right. I only had two years of French in college and I don't remember a lick right. of it there's an Americanized remake called Downfall with Will Ferrell and Julia Louise Dreyfus yes I did see it okay I did so you know the premise right yeah. you know that it's about a guy who sees an avalanche well sees an yeah. avalanche coming right and thinks Holy cow, I, I'm going to freeze. And so he just runs away and leaves right. his family. Yeah. And then the downfall of or what, the, what that means for his marriage and right. throughout the film. Right. It's a sort of uh, literal and metaphorical title. Yeah. Right. Downfall, snow. Yeah. So that's a big clue about what we're going to talk about oh, today. Oh, Will F- How to Survive Will Ferrell Dramas. Yes. No. How to Survive. What is the actual, what are we doing? Will Ferrell <laughs> movies. Um, how to Survive remakes of foreign films that were better, <laughs> and you should see those. Kazan Cuisine. <laughs> how to Survive Avalanches. Oh, okay. This is good. I am so excited. So they exist outside of Scooby-Doo episodes they're pretty they're real okay Um, i got a lot of information from the usda.gov travel and leisure wait usda don't they handle meat and stuff they handle all kinds of stuff okay um you can even get like makeup tutorials there (laughs) do they discuss uh, the new meat grading system as they're putting on eyeliner actually they do yeah um outdoor life uh the, the climb with a y mental floss 
many, so many more that I'm gonna, I'll drop when I'm. Not the art of manliness. You know what? The art of manliness did come Uh, up in a Google search, uh, and I left it alone because you know what I think. That's 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 Danielle's territory. (laughs) That's all DK. (laughs) Um, Okay, so every year, roughly. 100,000 avalanches sweep down mountains across the U.S. Wow. Killing 28 people on average. A year? Uh-huh. 28? Every year. Oh, my God. That's a lot. It's, it's not nothing. That's like an afternoon showing of um, force majeure. <laughs> <laughs> it kills that many people? <laughs> no, I just bet that's how many people would show up to watch it. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's actually a decent showing for a foreign film. Yes. That feels pretty good. Yeah. Okay. So, the best way to survive an avalanche, according to Simon Troutman, a national avalanche specialist for the USDA Forest Service, is not to get caught in one in the first place. Well, duh. I mean, right? Yeah. Okay. Avalanche danger changes day to day, sometimes hour to hour. Okay. They're moody. Moody Uh, as all get out. Okay. Okay. To determine risk... Go to avalanche.org. So you, you, there's even an app, I looked it up, called Avalanche Forecasts. Oh. So if you're going to be in an area yeah. where you're going to be... With snow? With snow, you can just look and find out. So does it say what kind of things um, go into predicting... I'm about to tell you okay. that. I love how on top of it you are. Well, I just, I'm full of questions. That's, I mean, why not? If you're not going to be curious in life, yeah. what's the point? Exactly. The risks are calculated daily by avalanche forecasters on the ground who observe the conditions such as snowpack behavior, humidity, temperature, wind, and how those elements act on different terrains. Okay. So those are all the things. So how tightly the snow is. Yep. In other words, sometimes I have not been around a lot of snow in my life. But I understand that sometimes it is fluffy, sometimes mm-hmm. it is slushy, sometimes mm-hmm. it depends on how cold it is outside, right? Absolutely. Okay. It can be heavy like cement. Yeah. Which we're going to talk about okay. in a bit. All right. Okay. Number two. The number one was the don't be in an Don't avalanche. be an asshole. Yeah. yeah to right. begin with. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> I think don't be an asshole is no, I, a lot of life. Yes. Right? I mean, right. that's just a good piece of life advice. Yeah. You could tattoo that on, you know, your <laughs> Ex- lower back. Yeah, but that would make you an asshole. <laughs> it kind of would. Um, have the appropriate gear and training. So this is some intense stuff that maybe all of us as regular folk yeah. Don't need necessarily, but for the people who are going like backcountry skiing and snowboarding, sure. which I've seen a lot of people do when when I've gone skiing, it's the people who are going like What does that mean? Backcountry. Backcountry means you're not like say you go to a ski resort. Yeah. And you're going to ski the different ski um hills, hills. mountains. They're yeah. called something and I can't think of the oh, word right now. Um runs. runs. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Thank you. You're like, nah, those are too easy. Okay. I'm going rogue. Oh. That's that's backcountry. Oh. That's when you're like, I'm so good. You're the Tom Cruise of skiing. You're the Tom Cruise of skiing. Okay. You're like, I don't even need, I, I'm past Black Diamond. Right. Um, That's not hard enough for me. Okay. So back, a okay. back, what is it called? A back, back country. Back country 
is like uh, sounds can, like a movie with Renee Zellweger or something, doesn't it? Backcountry. It it might be. I think it's old country or something. That just reminded me. You know, on one of the episodes, it might be the one that's airing today with Marie Valeriano. Uh-huh. We talk about how we want the show Queen Pins. To yes, exists. and then there it is. There is a show it called does. Queen Pins. It does. Yeah, you're right. So I just I saw it one day. I was like scrolling through my phone. I might have been Instagram or something, and like an ad came up oh, for no, Queen Pins. Oh no, it's a movie. Oh, it's a movie. Yeah, and I saw it. And somebody. Who, <laughs> <laughs> and is it who is? Do you know who, who's in it? Yes, because I saw it. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm so old. <laughs> but it's not. It's pretty. Kristen, um, it's recent, isn't Kristen it? Kristen Bell. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah, what it is. It might have already been out when we were talking that's about hilarious. it, Chris. I may have already seen it. I'm just so out of my mind. I with my memory is so bad. It's Kristen Bell. Yes. And um, uh, uh what's this fucking faces in it? Um, Vince Vaughn. Oh. And. He is hilarious. Yes. Vince Vaughn and uh, the other guy who I can't remember his name right now. He's a short, chubby guy. Oh, he played Andrew. Um, he played the. Thank you. Paul Walter Hauser. I don't know who that is. He you might recognize him. He. Oh, right. Yeah. Remember, they made a movie about Was he lost. No, <laughs> it's not the guy from the lost. Jesus. I thought he just cut his hair, maybe. No. Shaved. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, just funny. No. They made a movie about the guy who was accused of setting the bomb off at the Olympics. And he played the guy. Richard Jewell. They made a movie oh. about him. He played Richard Jewell. Okay. And they... Okay, so he and Vince Vaughn have... A, like they're very funny together, and they have a really, really funny scene. And the movie is is fairly good. Um, yeah, and it's a true story. Did you watch Vince Vaughn in the movie where he switches bodies? No, freaky. No, because we started to, and uh-huh. the first scene was so to Gory. Oliver scary. Yes, it's that we were like, yeah. uh, no, it's so gory. Oh, the whole movie is so gory. Oh yeah. Oh well, that's not what. Uh, Mr. Um, Garden Garen? Squirrel oh. over there said. Garen. My mic, my mic doesn't work? No, it uh, does. Did you like it? Oh, I loved it. Well, he likes horror movies, well, but he just downplayed how scary it, it was. It's definitely like Freaky Friday meets Friday the 13th, right? <clears throat> yeah, it's it's fu- it's supposed to be funny scary. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But uh, Oliver's not into horror yet. Yeah, he's. I mean, we, we're edging our way into it a little bit, but... Back to avalanches. Yes. The gear and training. Okay. Emergency services are usually too far away from the scene of an avalanche, and time is important. A person trapped under the snow may not have more than 20 or 30 minutes, so you are your own rescue party. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Troutman recommends three essential pieces of gear that will help rescue yourself, a companion, or even a stranger. An avalanche beacon, a probe, and a shovel. So you're supposed to be skiing with these things, or if you're if you're backcountry hiking, backcountry okay. snowshoeing, anything you're doing, sort of, okay, off. Are you going to grid? T- okay. I'm going to tell you what those are. Thank you. Okay, beacon, avalanche beacons are radio transceivers that pinpoint where you are. They're simple and easy to use. Everyone heading out for the day wears a transceiver and turns it on before leaving the house. I looked these up on REI. There's very, they're very common okay. and like they're different brands and there's a lot of websites that are like, which avalanche beacon should I have? So is it, is it that people in your party would be able to hear it or someone else can hear it? 
everyone has one and then everyone meaning everyone in your group. everyone in your group and then the ah. emergency rescue people can also find you from your beacon oh really i i, I think if i'm understanding okay. the rules correctly all right and if not if like i was missing my uncle i go to the emergency rescue people and i say this is his beacon and i have the other one and i believe and i'm I hope I'm right. So say there are five of you and you all have the beacons, but yeah. you all get lost in the avalanche. Oy. But you turn, your, you set your beacon okay. on, the emergency rescue people can, find it. can also find it. So it's like a cell phone. It's like a signal that they can also track. It's not just that only you guys okay, can right, find each other. Okay, that's great. That would suck. I love that. Then you can use a probe, a collapsible fiberglass pole, like a tent rod. Okay. So it's like, it's small, right? Yeah. But then you can open it. Fwing, fwing, fwing. <gasps> Yes. So that it's really tall. Like it telescopes out? Yeah. Okay. To determine the location and the depth of where a person is buried under the snow. So you just stick it down until the person's like, ouch, you got me. (laughs) That can't be what it's for. (laughs) You mean, I'm with you. We're skiing. I get avalanched on. Yep. That's, I'm pretty sure the correct terminology. Yeah. I get avalanched. That's probably some gross sex thing. And, um, (laughs) And you... Just go, where are you, Danielle? I can't see you. Poke, poke, poke. Yes. That, seriously, that's the that's what it is? Yes. It's to okay. determine the location and the depth of where a person is buried under okay. the snow. All right. I don't know. I don't know. Do you, do you, do you, how it, else do you read that? <laughs> I guess you're right. Until you, hit, until you hit human. <laughs> until you hear... Once located, you can use your third tool, a shovel, to okay. free your friend. I see. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Got it, okay. It. So, so is it one of those, like, at the beach shovels? I'm just trying yeah, to... Yeah, I think so. You're like not... I mean, you, you, it's going to be small enough that you can carry in your That's what pack. I was thinking, you're not, yeah. You're not taking, like, a big garden shovel. I just have to tell you that... Yeah. Just the thought of the sound uh-huh. of... Sorry. <laughs> just the thought of the sound of scooping... Snow uh-huh. is causing me to freak out. Really? That's I'm the thing. I'm 100% serious. I, my jaw is going crazy because the sound. Oh. You know, you might like it better if you're buried under the snow. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I might appreciate the sound better. So it's Being the free. metal against the. <laughs> yes. How are you with teeth biting onto popsicles? I know you told me that your husband <laughs> bites popsicles in bed. Every night. In bed. Like three of them. How am I still married? I don't know. That is horrendous. It's. I want to start a campaign <laughs> of support for people to just tell me that I... No, you're saying. That, that's, I'm saying. That's this totally is, bonkers. Yeah. Garen can't even handle the, yeah, me see, saying it. I'm. Yeah. I don't know what happened to me as a kid that I just can't... Oh, my parents yelled all the time. That's it. That might Got be. It. That might be. Yeah. That is just, that's I'm why you're really can't. sensitive to sounds. Oh, I'm so sensitive to sounds. Yeah. Like chewing. I mean, we still have to do that we'll episode. That. Yeah, I know. How to survive, How to survive people's spouse. sounds that are coming from your husband. <laughs> okay. Surviving the avalanche. Here it comes. Okay. Many factors can affect the survival rate, such as how long you are buried under the snow, how deep you are buried, and the injuries you suffer. First, do everything you can not to get caught in the slide. Being in an avalanche is like being caught in a fast-flowing river. The most common advice is to move diagonal to the avalanche or try to make your way to the edge where the slide is not moving as fast and where you're not likely to be buried as deep. Now, at this point, you're on skis or or snowshoes or something bad. 
My, or is you, that helpful? You, you might be hiking. Okay, you got know, it. But yeah. yes, there's a good chance you're on a snowboard or skis. Okay. Try to orient your feet downhill so that your lower body, not your head, takes most of the impact. Ah. You may also get into a tight ball as another way to protect your head. Oh, see, that would that seems make me feel like, yeah, that intuitive. would make me feel like it would... Bury more of you. Yes. Okay. Okay. This is like a, a fire advice. Do not try to outrun it. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of natural disasters, right? <sighs> yeah. You're not going to outrun any of these no. things. Nature is... Faster than you. Faster than you. Yeah. That's a good saying. Nature, Nature is, is faster, faster than, than you. you. Asshole. <laughs> I don't know. It just felt like <laughs> I it like needed putting something. asshole on the end of anything. Yeah. Um, okay. In the event that the avalanche begins beneath your feet, uh, act quickly and try to jump upslope above the fracture line. So okay. if you're just like, <laughs> uh, grab something sturdy. Okay. Boulders and trees won't help you much in a major avalanche, but they could hold out against less powerful cascades. Okay. I guess so be an expert on which ones. Like, how do you know? I, yeah. You're like, okay, I'm assessing it. I it think seems... it's just probably a better idea to try. Yeah. That's if you find guess. yourself in the path of one of these, try to grab onto a tree branch or sturdy rock. Okay. Okay. You want to stay on top of the avalanche so you don't get buried under mounds of snow and debris. Here's something interesting. It says swim. Oh. Utilize all your muscles. <gasps> Swim with the current, and if you're struggling to stay afloat, violently thrash around so you don't sink. Oh, wow. I would think that would make you sink, the thrashing around. It says violently thrash around. So you're, you're sort of moving the snow around you, maybe. Just kind of your Off. arms crazy so you stay up above it as much as you can. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Here's an interesting, another. Hold one arm up. Mm-hmm. So if you do get buried, you can give your rescue team a literal hand and help finding you. Oh, my God. This is so scary. You know I hate being cold. I mean, I this mean, is my nightmare. This, is, this might be For, your... Yeah, forget the forget the uh, the fear of dying. It's just the cold. I yeah, would, just be, you're I would be just be whining the whole time. I wouldn't even... I would just be complaining. Well, I wouldn't even... You know what I mean? You, I would just, you don't want to because you this don't shit. use up that air. No. Oh, okay. I'm going to get to that. All right. Yeah, I mean, you can if you want, but you're going to die faster. No, I don't. Well, then I'll, I won't have to be cold. True. <laughs> All right. You'll be unconscious for a while before you die. Okay. Oh. Here we get. Here we get to it. Here, here we, we get. get to. Here we get. <laughs> Most avalanche-related fatalities are caused by asphyxiation. Yeah. If you're caught in an avalanche, take your hands and cup them over your mouth. Even okay. though you're supposed to have one hand up, but maybe... Well, you could do it with one hand. Yeah. I'm cupping my... While you're no. still moving. Yeah. According to the climb, doing this will create a small pocket of air for you to survive on for up to 30 minutes. So it's like you want to scoop out space in front of your mouth, right? Dig out some space around your face to get extra breathing room while the avalanche, when the avalanche is over. Expanding your chest by filling your lungs with air will also achieve the same effect. Expanding your chest by... Yep. Do it now. See what it feels like. But then don't you have to let it out? You're supposed to just... Just keep it there forever. Just hold your breath. Hold your breath forever. <laughs> um, any idea of what I might say next that you're supposed to Stay do? Stay calm. Remain calm. calm. If you panic, your breath will quicken and you'll fill what little space you have with too much carbon dioxide. Uh, okay. Shortening that 30-minute survival window. Try to breathe as steadily as you can. 
so the rescue team has as much time as possible to come and find you. Wow, this is really this is really one of those visceral things where I'm actually getting scared thinking about it. I love it. <laughs> you love scaring me. I love to scare you. She's like, come on over to the anxiety come side. With me. <laughs> well, I do think it is scary when you really start to get into it. Yes. You know, I don't really think about I don't really think about avalanches too much, but when you do, you're like Holy. Whoa. See, this is why I'm an indoor plant. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not. And so it's good to think about this stuff. Okay, here's something. What if you're in your car? <gasps> just driving along, la-dee-da, minding your own business. You're not, an, you're not actually yeah. going to go ski. You're just driving past a bunch of mountains right. covered with heavy old snow yeah. on your way somewhere to some resort that you're going to swim at the heated pool, Danielle, because you're not yes, a skier. right, because that's, I, I that's want a you. hot toddy. Yeah, you're not going to yeah. go, you don't go ski. You're not backcountrying. No. You're just driving past mountains, but no. then... An avalanche comes oh my God. on top of your car. Okay. Do you want to know? Yes, I, yes, of course I do. All right. Weirdly, I got opposing information. Oh, boy. But I'm going to go with the information that I think makes the most sense. Okay. And it's from Motor Speed News. Does it involve the life hammer? It doesn't. Oh. It doesn't. Um, but weirdly, I was looking at a catalog last night, uh, which this is just... Um, I guess I don't have it. A short digression. Uh, Sharper Image. Yeah. You know that catalog. Is it still around? It is. I, we got one in the mail. Oh, I thought they went out of business. Mm, they're still around. And they had all of these different key rings that were like your emergency key ring yeah. set that had like a tire gauge and a knife and, you know, no bottle opener and mm-hmm. an air filler thing and all the things you would want for your car in case of an emergency. Yeah. And guess what else I had? Window breaker. <gasps> On the keyring. On the keyring. Oh, okay. So I was like, huh, I wonder if this works as as well as huh. the life hammer. Because it was so little yeah. that I was thinking, I think you need a little more heft. Well, here's the other thing I'm thinking. I'm just going off. Um, you know, you don't have to use keys in your ignition to start the car anymore, obviously. Most, I not think most. Most cars are push button. So my point being that your keys might not be totally readily accessible to you were you in one of these things for instance how are you going to find them they could be in your purse yes i mean we all i mean in my life that's that's a 20 minute hunt just right there oh my god there's five things in my purse but i can't find my no, keys. no no um and it might be even in the back seat they could, so well, i like you, a, you've gone you've just gotten a car accident and it could have flipped all over the car yes. and who knows where it is yeah that's what i meant because if it's in the ignition it's in the ignition but if it's not Yeah, I agree. I think you have to stick to the life hammer hammer. that's on your console somehow, because then you pull it. So if your car does 50 loops, it's there. You got you still can grab it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Life hammer. We still love you. Okay. You see. Okay. If you see an avalanche, do not attempt to drive through it. So you, you see what, it. Why would you? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just thinking of like snowboarder dudes. They're on their way to, yeah. to you know, Mammoth. And they're, oh, they're like, like, we can, we can, we can drive this. through this. Just drive through this. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I could see where it could be kind of fun. Yeah. Until it like kills you. Yeah. Until yeah. that moment of death, you're having a good time. Additional avalanches are likely. Stay in your vehicle. Right. Okay. If you are caught in an avalanche, stay in your vehicle. 
Someone will come to your aid. It is very dangerous outside your vehicle. Turn off your engine. Carbon monoxide can kill you. Do not smoke. Oh. Wouldn't you want to, though? Yes, I was going to say, if so any time to smoke, my God. Stay warm. Put on additional clothing. Report if from your vehicle, if possible. Report it. Like, if you have your if your cell phone has a signal, obviously. Yeah, right. Um, have a kit in your car that wool blanket that you have yeah. from the fire stuff. Right. You're going to need it. Um, here's something I wanted to look up. What if you don't have enough water? Can you eat the snow? Ah. What do you think? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Why? Okay. Here's what I, I looked up. This was also very contested on the internet about snow yeah. and if you can eat it. If it is cold enough for snow to be present, then it is cold enough for hypothermia. Since any volume of snow is mostly air, this means you'd need to eat about 10 quarts of snow to yield one quart of water in your belly. Forget about brain freeze. This is core freeze. If you're dehydrated in cold conditions with snow, find a way to liquefy the snow outside your body. Melt it with fire. Place it in a black container in the sun to absorb solar heat, which you can't do because you're yeah, because you're not allowed to get out of it. Do your anything house. other than eating it to melt it, because it'll it's be gonna too make cold it's in too your cold, stomach. and you're trying to stay warm so you don't get hypothermia. Uh, you don't okay. have your cars off. Okay, so you're. Can I use my cigarette lighter and my 1978 Chevy? Yep, you sure can to heat it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. For some reason, as soon as you said, "What if your car is in an avalanche?" I just pictured an old car. I pictured a 70s car. Yeah. I guess. You're Maybe. in a Stephen King movie. You're in The Shining. That's it. That's it. And Cujo's in the yeah. He's snow? The, sure. He's still able to get you. I don't you. know. He's a rescue <laughs> terror dog. <laughs> you just, I don't you just rescued Cujo. a dog. That's yeah. Cujo, but he's in the car who with you. Who saved who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Would you like to hear someone who was in an avalanche? Yes. Okay, this is great. This is a first-person story from Huffington Post called I Survived an Avalanche. Everybody should go read it. We'll put it in the show notes um, eventually to be on our website, which is launching soon. Yes, we're working on it. It's looking good, everyone. Okay, Megan Hunt tells her story in an essay. It's riveting. Okay. She was living in Mongolia, because she's a total badass, Megan. And then she decided, you know what, I'm going to go to Taos, New Mexico, and work as a line cook at a ski resort. Sounds um, like your life. Right? Yeah, oh. just random jobs. That's me. Um, she's like, I'm going to learn to ski and snowboard. What could go wrong? Okay. That all changed on March, March 13th. She writes... The mountain had been getting heavy and wet snow for two days, and that Wednesday was a lighter powder day, but with winds gusting at 75 miles per hour. By one o'clock that afternoon, all of the ski resort's ski lifts had been closed due to high winds, and the mountain was emptying of people. Two snowboarders, I learned later, had been frustrated with the weather and lack of accessibility to fresh snow, so they entered private land above the house where I was staying in hopes of getting a few runs in before nightfall. Oh, boy. Backcountry, right? Yeah. A half mile below them, I had just gotten out of the shower and was laying in bed reading a book. Yeah, as you do. Basically the safest thing anyone could possibly do in a ski valley. Suddenly... I heard what sounded like snow falling off the roof, only louder. I looked out the window above my bed and saw trees and snow rushing toward me. And then there was only darkness. Oh, my God. When I regained consciousness, (gasps) I was buried under eight feet of snow. And I had no idea what had happened. In her house? Yeah. In her house. Where I was or why I was freezing, 
Remember, she just got out of the shower. Oh, God. So oh, now she she's was, wet hair. She was, Chris, yes. this is just getting worse and worse. I know. She was like in a little tank top and underpants. I don't like going to the movies with wet hair. No. Oh, my God. I don't leave my house with wet hair. Where I was or why I was freezing, I literally thought I was dead. I tried moving my body to shift the snow off me, but all I could move was my left arm from the elbow down. Stuck under the weight of all that snow, I could think... I couldn't think of a worse scenario. I was in my underwear and I couldn't be sure if anyone even knew where I was when the avalanche struck. I screamed with everything I had inside of me, but I couldn't breathe deeply enough to make much noise due to the lack of oxygen. Oh my, God. my bruised lungs and the crushing weight of snow on me. I didn't know it at the time, but eight feet above me, my roommate and neighbors heard that one scream. Okay, again, read the story because I'm leaving out a lot because when they find Megan, she writes... I had been buried under eight feet of snow and trees and wall. What? The wall was on top of her, too. What? For 40 minutes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And was a frigid 94.5 degrees officially in a hypothermic state when my (gasps) rescuers got me into an ambulance. Okay. If you're buried for less than 18 minutes, you have a 91% chance of survival, but it drops to 34% sometime between 19 and 35 minutes. If you're buried under six feet of snow or more, your chances are almost zero percent. Wow. As it is unlikely anyone will be able to dig fast enough to get to you before you run out of air or succumb to injuries or hypothermia. So, like, she was just so lucky. For one, she was lucky that that wall fell on her because it gave her, I guess, a little pocket of enough air. Gotcha. But also just that that long underneath and that much snow was really a just a shot in the dark of luck for her and she she had some injuries but i think what she writes about in the in the piece that i don't get into too much is the is the psychological oh my um, god injuries that she suffered the ptsd from the experience and how she's dealing with oh, that i'm totally still. gonna look that up it's really i good. survived an avalanche that's what it yeah, is yeah it's really good it's really good and um okay we're gonna talk about an avalanche that affected Prince Charles. Oh. Um, in March and, and others. Okay. It's not just Prince Charles. It actually uh, was pretty tragic. In March of 1988, Prince Charles and Princess Diana were on one of their regular skiing holidays with friends at Klosters, a notoriously exclusive resort in the Swiss Alps. On March 10th, Charles was skiing on a famously difficult slope on Gauchnagrat. My husband would be just, he's rolling his eyes right now, my pronunciation. Mountain. Per the Guardian's reporting at the time, the mountain slopes are among the steepest in Switzerland and are rarely open to the general public. They are regarded as suitable only for experienced skiers like Prince Charles. Wow. Charles was accompanied on the slopes that day by a mountain guide, Bruno Sprecher. I think I did really good on that. You did. And by a group of friends that included Major Hugh Lindsay, a former equerry to the Queen. I had to look up what that was. Yeah, what is that? The person in charge of the Royals' horses, Charles, and Patty Palmer Tompkinson, and a Swiss police officer. So Princess Diana and the other, uh, what was the red-haired woman, the American? Sarah uh, Ferguson. Sarah oh, Ferguson. Yeah. They stayed behind. They She's were like, not American. She's not? Why no. do I think Sarah Ferguson's American? Because of Fergie. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Obviously, it's because of Fergie. So they stayed behind. She's been um, working on her fitness, by the way. Has She's she? been up in the gym working on her fitness. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so the two uh, women were like, we're not going skiing today. So they were there. They were just not They were skiing. not on the slopes okay. that day. Okay. 
so when the group was in a stationary position off piste meaning off piste means they were away from the prepared ski runs mm. an avalanche happened the avalanche began above the group who were able to take cover, but Hugh Lindsay and Patty Palmer Tompkinson were caught in a sudden snow slide. Oh, God. Palmer Tompkinson suffered severe leg injuries while Lindsay was thrown 400 meters. <gasps> I looked it up. It's yeah. 1,312 feet. That's a lot. That's, that's, oh that's a lot of God. feet. Oh, my God. That's a long way down. Down the mountainside and buried by snow. Prince Charles and the other members of the group weren't injured, and they tried frantically to dig their injured uh, friends out with their bare hands. Uh, Sprecha administer, administered mouth-to-mouth resuscitation to Palmer Tom, Tomkinson, can't talk, while they waited for help to arrive, and Charles would later credit him with saving her life. Lindsay and Palmer Tomkinson were helicoptered to a hospital in nearby town of Davos, but Lindsay was pronounced dead on arrival. Oh, my God. Lindsay was just 34 years old and was expecting a baby at the time with his wife, Sarah, who worked in the Buckingham Palace press office. Charles did eventually return to Closters, visiting with his son, William and Harry, several times during the 90s. Diana, though, never went back to the resort after the tragedy. Oh, my God. Morton, Peter Morton, I think is his name, one of Diana's biographers. Oh, He's yeah, the one that who guy. did all the interviews. Yeah. Describes how Diana managed Charles in the days following the shock, and most notably how she talked him out of returning to the slopes. The prince was not immediately convinced that they should abandon their holiday, but Diana prevailed. She, oh, you mean that, yeah, that yeah, time? Yeah, that time. He was like, well, let's get back on. Yep. She wow. appreciated that he was suffering from shock, which I think is a really nice way of looking yeah. at it, and could not at that awful time comprehend the enormity of the tragedy. For once, Diana felt absolutely in command of a very trying situation. In fact, she was quite bossy, telling, these are not my words, by yeah. the way, telling the prince that it was their responsibility to return to Britain with Hugh's body. Okay, this is... Yeah, no kidding. This is kind of my favorite part, because I think it can be interpreted in a lot of different ways. The group did indeed cut their holiday short and returned to the UK with a body on March 12th. The whole thing was ghastly, Diana recalled in her interviews with Morton. And what a nice person he was. Out of all the people who went, it should never have been him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, would her life have been better if it were I Charles? Mean, right? <sighs> That's the story That's of amazing. the Royals ski tragedy. Wow, I love it. Okay. I mean, I don't love it, but it's fascinating. I think it's interesting. Yeah. You know, we had one. Things can turn out many different ways <laughs> yeah. in an avalanche. Oh. Well, Chris, that was very, very interesting. And uh, we're going to take a little break and come yeah, back with our very break. special guest, Oscar Nunez. I can't wait. We are so lucky. We're so lucky. We'll be right back. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. 
It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at squeezed.com. Hey, Danielle. Hey, Christine. Welcome back to How to Survive, everyone. This is Danielle Koenig. And this is Christine Kimmel. We screwed We said each other's names. Now people are, my dad's going to be so confused. You know what? I'm just glad your dad is listening. Well, I don't think he is anymore. I think I think the first episode and then, you know, he doesn't understand technology. So I don't know if anyone in my family has ever listened. Oh, you know what? My cousin listens to every episode. So <laughs> shout nice. out to Michelle. <laughs> um, we're so excited to have a very special guest here. First, we were talking about how to survive an avalanche in the snow. Yeah. And now we're going to talk about how to survive a new city with no dough. See what we did there? See, Oscar. I Oscar Nunez is here. That was wonderful. Thank you. You know from the office. You know from everything. Uh, you know, oh, you know him from Reno 911. Sure, why not? Oh, what yeah. a great show. Well, I say that because my son and I, over the quarantine, did a deep dive into that. And we watched it all. So that was very exciting to see you on there. So, Oscar. Yeah. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Oh, we're good. What, what, tell us, so you, what is it? You moved to a city and had zero cash? Is that the story? I don't know. Yes. I, I was thinking about this. <laughs> I was thinking about this last night and, and then before, just, you know, behind the scenes, before we started this, the, the, the gals told me, you know, we're going to do this and then uh, if you can help someone. But it's, my advice is more like philosophical than practical. It's oh, very that's, nebulous and. Oh, that's okay. We might, we, is that good? We, yes. We, luxuriate in the nebulous yeah yeah I, I would love to help the kids learn how to build a shed or something for shelter if <laughs> yes. you're here you're, but it's not it's more like just advice for the mind no that's good we like advice for the mind okay that's great that's and, what this is th- about and this is a true thing yes that happened okay so should i go for it? yes yeah. go in dive in Damn, are you waiting for a starter's pistol well i i'm not used to can i get action like, oh i'm, I'm sorry he's a, a he's a movie actor I'm a now guy. Go yes. okay and action well i i've i've come to la several times i've i've had some i i've come and left come and left one of the times that i came i was really broke i okay. don't recommend it and so and so uh, i was broken and then i got through it and things happened but at one at one point i was uh living in a little shoebox of an apartment with my friend louis leonardo and uh he not his real name but he's <laughs> but that's what he goes by what does he go by will leonardo louis Louis, Louis Leonardo. Louis he's, Leonardo? He's back in New York now. Which yeah. which is the real part? Or is it all fake? Louis. Louis is real. Louis, okay. Yeah. And so he had a little apartment like a block away from Paramount Studios. Oh, yeah. Like by Vine. Melrose? Down, okay, yeah. uh-huh. It may as well have been like 100 miles away. but And so, so we were sharing that. Luckily, he was uh, in New York City a lot. Okay. And... Uh, so I was there by myself, and I had done a groundlings rehearsal or something, and I was, I was there, and I was broke, and I was in this little apartment, and I got really homesick, and I was really homesick, and felt like untethered, and yeah. I'm like, what am I doing? Were, now, were you from New York? Is that where you were coming from? Yes. Okay. Well, I came, I, I, I came from Florida. Okay. Because I had gone to live with my sister and my brother-in-law for, for a year or something. 
before coming here, but I grew up in New Jersey. So okay. I was missing New Jersey. I was, but I was, I'm the only one here. I didn't have any friends. Yeah. I was making friends at the ground. I was, but I didn't know anyone I, when I moved here. I'm flat broke, and I was like, and I'm like, oh no, I feel um, so homesick and, and like out of sorts. I'm like, what am I doing in this little place? Like, this is insane. Yeah. yeah. And I was listening to NPR, and um, Ram Das was speaking. I don't know. I, He's like a yogi master meditation guy, right? Yes, exactly. Chris? <laughs> yeah. Chris, Chris knows, Danielle, Chris knows who he is. I know, I yeah. don't. So one of you, okay. I it, thought it, it was like a computer program. Ron oh, no, you're, yeah. <laughs> it was an early. No, he was he was before the computer. Okay. Am I right, Chris? Yes. He's He was a, a guy who had, uh, who was with a group of fellas and they were, I think, at Harvard or Yale, but I think it was Harvard, t- Dr. Timothy Leary, and they were professor, oh. and Ram Dass, and they developed LSD. Okay, I know the Timothy Leary yes. half of that. He was part of that little yeah. gang, and they tripped balls off. And they, right. And Ram Dass, I don't know his real name, but he, and he went to India, and there he became, under his guru, he became Ram Dass. They named him. Oh, okay. And then he became this guy, like Chris said, who's, right, who's uh, like a, and he's, and and I, he, I, agree with almost everything he says okay some people could say he's burned out he's not he's he's like enlightened he's this really cool teacher and he was talking he was on npr talking and he's like and i'm listening and i'm like oh this he's he it sounds like he's talking directly to me when that happens it's kind of weird right and he's literally and he's telling a story and he's like he says, I was, now I'm Ram Dass. He says, I was touring and I was at a hotel and, and I had left Massachusetts and my, my family disowned me because he tripped balls and changed his name. Right. From like, right, from some Jewish name. He was like, uh, <laughs> yes. uh, until like, right up to Ram Dass. And they're like, what have you done? And yeah. he's like, my mind's open. And, and, and he's like, and so my family, I have no place to go. I'm in this hotel. And, and he said, I was walking down the, hallway and I and I went in my room and I sat down and I and I was like where's my home where's my home and he said and he said something like and I put my feet up on an ottoman and I was home and then he laughs for five minutes because that's <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what Ram Dass does when he says something heavy he, yeah. and he just and starts he laughing laughs? Yes. he laughs and while he was laughing something clicked in me and I'm like oh You're I, home. I'm here this yeah. is where I am and he's like, wherever you are on the earth, wherever yeah. little, that's you. That's where you are, man. You're the party. Like, you know, when you're at a party and you leave yeah. early, and you're like, I'm missing something. You're not missing anything. You're the uh, party. Uh, oh, I like that. Yeah. Yes. And he says, he's like, you're home. You're always home. You're where you're supposed to be at all times. And I was like, and I just relaxed. And I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I got this. I'm like, this is, and it was Ram Das. Did you know who this guy was before you heard a him that bit, day? Yes, okay. I, I've heard mm-hmm. him speak before. Right. This is back in the mid '90s. I think I came here like around where Jim, when Jimmy came here, like '94 or something. '95. Uh-huh. I was in the Sunday Company in '98, and I, and I. The Sunday Company is like the big company the at the Groundlings. Yeah, the one before the main company, but he put right. you on stage, and I came to LA a couple of years before that. Okay. So, so, um, so yeah, so and I've heard him speak before that a couple of times. About taking drugs, whether or not to take them, hallucinatives, uh-huh. whether or not to take them, and they're not for everyone, and when you take them, the atmosphere has to be right. You know, his tripping yeah. thing, his yeah. philosophies are on do life. Do you do, or have you done hallucinogens? Is that your thing? Back when I was, yeah. And I, did it? I grew up in New Jersey. 
Well, I don't know what that means. You could do drugs anywhere. No, no. I grew up in New Jersey in the late 70s, early 80s. We had good drugs. They were, okay. we, had, we had all sorts of drugs. I did everything but, but heroin. I would never yeah. do that. But I, you know, did uh, cocaine and uh, mescaline and acid. and stuff. Not a is, lot. Is mescaline... Um, it's a lighter form of acid. Oh, God. I just hear the words acid and I feel pain in my back. Because they say, um, they when when someone says the words spinal fluid, like it affects your spinal fluid, I'm like, I'm good. I'll have a rosé. Yes, I, I recommend a rosé over acid. It just I, scares the shit out like of me. Like I did it a handful of times. Yeah, I, I well, you can't do it a lot, right? I don't recommend it, no. I don't even know if I recommend it at all, but if, but it's not the end of the world. If you, it, right. Ram Dass, to quote my famous Ram Dass. Yeah. It depends on who you're with. It depends on the... When we were taking drugs, they were different than now. Well, uh, because they were pure? They, yeah, they were pure and people weren't trying to poison you or... Yeah. You know, so... So did you have an, an, any enlightening experiences on... That's what I was getting at. Did you have... Was it a positive effect on you? Well, now we're going in a different direction, but I'll be happy to answer that. <laughs> it, you know what it did to me? Yeah. When I was growing up, I was... Uh, I, I I was lucky enough in my school I wasn't I was I was the class clown me and fifteen other people <laughs> there were so many funny people at St Michael's so really? many in my neighborhood and we were sharp tongued and sharp witted and uh -huh. we would cut each other down down wrinkle stuff and one of the times I I might have taken acid f like four or five times okay maybe six and one of those times it it kind of took an edge off me and I became more Ellen DeGeneres and less Don Rickles. Uh, it hmm. took, it made me less uh, hurtful okay. in may, my zingers and yeah. I, and I, my, my comedy turned more like silly yes. than zinging people. I don't know huh. why it happened, but I'm like, oh, I've softened. And you think it was from yeah, the drug? I think so. Do so. you think you had some insight while you were on a trip or you just don't know? No, I think so. I think Interesting. I, yeah, I think it made me more like a, like a more caring towards huh. people. Like a weird Did thing. you have a telephone call with God? No, no, <laughs> no, no, okay. no. You became more like Ellen on stage, but less like Ellen in real life. Yes. <laughs> Got it. Although I don't know what she's like. I've met her a couple of times and she's always been fine. She's to nice to you because yeah, you don't work for I her. I know, but she's also under a lot of stress and people, you know, she's... Mm, I've what heard... What has she done? I don't know what she's because done. Because I've heard stories from people who worked on the show and she was terrible to them. Physical terrible. slapping or just being... <laughs> no, just being, no, just no. being mean. Just being mean, saying mean things. I'm just imagining... Uh, <laughs> you mean, Ellen like, taking off her gloves and slapping someone across the You mean being mean like a fella? Yelling at people? Like a fella. Like oh, a guy? Like no, regular? Like really... Well, no, I mean, I, I don't know it from personal experience. I've just... Just from what I've... You're, I'm just yeah. saying I've heard these years and years before that before story broke. Yes. yes. So it wasn't any surprise you know, to me. We have bad days. All right. So we're in Los Angeles and we're broke. Yes. No, that's it. That's it. Wherever you are, it's okay even if you're broke. And, and uh, I don't know if something practical... <sighs> Have you, have you guys seen The Revenant? Is that the movie with Leonardo yes, DiCaprio? Yes, yeah, and the bear, yeah. Yes, and but also the horse. He he rides a horse off a cliff. Yeah. God knows why. And they land on a pine tree. Spoiler. And land on the, God knows why. <laughs> right? Yes. And then he's cold, and, and this is something cowboys and Indians did in the Wild West, and they, they open the horse or the deer, you shoot something, Yeah. you empty out, yeah. and, and you crawl inside the cavity, yes. and you'll survive the night. Okay. Yeah, I learned that if, from Star Wars. If it's cold. They did it in Star Wars, too. Yeah. So, 
if you're in LA and you're homeless and it's getting real cold, a hobo will do. And so you're saying you should skin a hobo? Only if you have to to keep from <laughs> right. from keep from from dying. Right. So you need to find a, a big person, a, a big hobo, to a, accommodate or make, or you. make yourself small. Well, I'm already pretty small, but yeah. I would, I'm saying you'd have to find yeah, someone. Anyone who's, will do for you. Yeah, I could. Pff, yeah, anyone will do. You know, and but, but it, it may never come to this. Just know it's an option. It's an option I, for the kids right. who are, who are yeah. actors who are starving. Who are yeah. come? How many dancers come? I'm going to be a dancer. Right. Are you yeah. really? Yeah, mm-hmm. like, you may find yourself yeah. at Venice Beach. And yeah. it's getting yeah. cold. Right. Take a look around. No one's going to miss them. No. And you because just because Garen, no one misses them. Garen's guffawing everyone because of uh, because they've been let go by their own families. And yeah. they they're the the villains, not us, not the poor kid right. starving for his life, slitting. No, we see the we see the value. Inside. We see the value we see in the that. Value. Use every part, like the bison. Yes. Yep. Use every part right. of the hobo, Chris. Yep. Make soup from the bones. Yeah. Use every yeah. part. I and, think a bone and, broth is really good for you, in fact. Yes. And, and also, bow your head and give a little prayer of thanks. Yeah. As if it were a oh, deer or an elk. Nice. Honor, honor. Honor the sacrifice honor the hobo. they made for you. Is that that's what right. Ram Dass taught? No, but he never heard me r- this riff. He might have thoughts on this. He may, he may have a lot of thoughts, and he may actually start incorporate, incorporating it. Is he still an active member of the... No, he's, he's gone on he, to another he's, realm. He's oh. left this planet. Did he die of natural causes? He might have died from. I, I'm looking at Chris like she like she yeah, has I know. the. I know. Can you die from LSD? He, well, I guess if you f- no, fly yourself off of a building. Like, I feel like Ram Dass one day said, "I'm done." Well, if he I was, think so too. Right? He was in Maui and he's done, and he had a wonderful life. And, and for everyone listening, please don't run out and take LSD. First of all, you can't even get it anymore. So forget it. That window's closed. But can't you microdose now? Isn't Michael Pollan and uh, People are Michael Shaban's wife, they're all about microdosing for yeah. um, so see, kids are depression? Still doing it. I know microdosing you, is a thing. I don't know those two people you just mentioned. I watched a wonderful documentary on microdosing. <laughs> I guess I won't. <laughs> I watched a microdosing okay. with Nicole Kidman. It's called Nine Perfect Oh, yes. Strangers. I was just going to say. It's oh, right. It's a wonderful yeah, documentary yeah. on microdosing. Oh, it is. It's quite a documentary. We, Watch it. and uh, Christine and I have actually spoken spoken about that documentary at length yes on this program we don't understand why in a documentary the lead woman would be wearing wigs and an indiscernible accent if it's a yes. documentary yes but yes. yes we have discussed it at length i have a friend who microdosed um for just you can set an intention there's a person you can go like who's a trained therapist and you can go to the therapist's house and microdose you need that yeah you set an intention Uh and then you like i think lay on the floor and cry for nine hours (laughs) it didn't do that without drugs thank you very much i can do that for free at home so i don't want to do that i don't want to do that either i didn't sound i thought the point of microdosing was you don't have a crazy strong reaction because it's so small Am I bananas? I thought that I it was think, just like I think you get through your day by microdosing. I thought that's I might be what mixing things together. Are you thinking of that <laughs> uh, other ayahuasca? Thing? That's it. Yes, thinking I'm thinking. That? I think I'm thinking of ayahuasca. Oh, ayahuasca is a different, but it's like a lead experience yes. with ayahuasca. Yeah. So that you're with a sort of trained professional who guides yes. you through the experience. And you're shitting yourself and throwing up. That's, I don't know if that happened in this case, but I do know it didn't make me want to do it. I think my yeah. days of any kind of uh, hallucinogens are over. Me too, like, Chris. You know My what? days are over. I'm, I'm yeah. yeah. I was uh, a young person, and uh, I have so many. I, I still have a lot of questions. I don't understand. So I have a question. Is yes. this helping kids? I thought with the show. No. Why did I you think it was about kids? I thought it was. I 
told me I read the emails. I was like, we're going to help kids get through this, Oscar. Okay, no. Think of a thing you had to. <laughs> you had a. When you say kids, okay. do you think like How, children? Did you like do you, LSD a, more a than six of, times? Uh, men and women in their 20s and yes, 30s who like, needed help? Like, oh, yeah, like us. Oscar, um, no. Yes. There's nothing about kids. We talk about like shitting your pants. And like and how to get through that? How to get yeah. through that and yeah. surviving? No, it has nothing to do with kids. I don't know. You did more drugs than you remember, and you're reading things. I, I into, may have. Yeah, that's okay. We do think it's good to help people though who do just. Come. I was broke when I came to LA, and I how didn't broke. I was I was ooh, ridiculously compare. broke. I had to ooh. leave and come back. I had, I had to, to live on somebody's couch for a year. Yeah, I kind of did that too, Chris. Yeah, I had to call. I had to call my cousin in New Jersey and go. I'm gonna be homeless. Any ideas? He's like, dude, call call Louis Leonardo. Call Louis. He knows who you are. He graduated with me two years um, after you, Oscar. Yeah. He knows you. Call him. And I called him up, and he's like, dude, I know who you are. I'm gonna go to work. I'm leaving a key under my mat. Come and let yourself in. Oh my god, like, so nice. Yeah, yeah. Wow, we saved your life. Saved my life. What was your plan before that? Or well, there was no plan before that. Well, in other words, you already arrived in LA. I was here a little while, ran out of money, and I'm like, I may okay. have to go back. I'm like, I might have to go back. How did you support yourself? When I got here? Well, you were broke, but you had to work somewhere, right? You had to get a job. I, so what kind of jobs did you it have? It took me too long to get a job. I wanted yeah. to wait tables, and I couldn't get a waiting job. It's, I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. this is what the hell is happening? I finally ended That's up. That's how hard Los Angeles is. Yeah, Even yeah. getting a waiting job and then, is. Yeah. And then I broke into, and then I got a waiting job. And then I got a, t- I got a job as a teacher's aide. Okay. For uh, oh. uh, LA. I, I said, I need a kind of a real job. This yeah, is, yeah. And then I did that for a couple of years and I couldn't even audition. I was just working, saving up money. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And what did you do when you first got here? Oh my God. I had so many jobs. It's, I worked at a yoga studio. How I know about Ram Das is because I was a yoga instructor. So I That's worked right. at yoga studios, but I worked like as an office manager because working as a teacher, you don't make any money. Right. I worked at the Hollywood Improv. I lied That's and said right. I was, I knew because I saw an accounting job at the Hollywood Improv and I had no accounting experience, but I lied on the resume and was like, yeah, I know about numbers. I started working up in the little attic. Yes, I know it. I worked up in that attic yeah. for, I don't know, a couple years. What did you do with the numbers? I just, it was just spreadsheets. It was like, I don't even out. know what I was doing. I just did, I learned on the job and uh, like got yelled at by the boss that like, I remember he would say, because I, the, I worked there over the summer and I'd wear like sandals and he was like, no man's going to want you with those rough heels. <gasps> you know who, who would have expect, uh, uh, accepted you? And celebrated you. I don't. Ram Das. Yeah. Well, he could have got the receptionist. He could have put you anywhere in the office. He wasn't around. You would the have time. fit in. No, unfortunately. Um, he likes the texture. He does. He would have celebrated. They had you in an attic, literally. Oh, like it's that. an. It's Haven't an, you ever been up there? Oh, you don't really do stand up, so you've not been in the uh, improv at the Groundlings attic. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, yeah. It's like this little part. tiny. It's really small attic that you have to crouch to get in, and then there's no windows. <laughs> and I think you still even build a smoke. Did up you there? Keep, did you keep a diary? I should have, but about all your tribulations. Yeah, my feelings. Um, oh, I worked at Starbucks. Garen got it. Thank you. Garen. I got it. I got it. I just didn't know how hard I was allowed to laugh. We at all it. got it, but it's too soon for me. I'm not gonna. Danielle, I'm surprised. Oh, the only you, Jew in the I'm room. I'm surprised at you. Yeah. <laughs> You're allowed to make that joke. I'm allowed, but to I don't know if I'm allowed to laugh at it. She uses it. She uses it as a double-edged sword. Yeah, I'm well, allowed to. Cuts like a knife. How dare you? I know. Um, yeah. Are we have we started? <laughs> I we're feel, still. I think we're still warming up. I was just going to wrap it up, actually. But Oscar, 
do you have anything else to add? Do you, do you want to talk about how the, the thing for the children, as you think the show's about, I would just be about how them. you survive well, you living them, in Los Angeles? You told them to murder a hobo yeah. and get inside of You get know what I would say? Skin. Unhoused person. Unhoused person. Yeah. yeah, treat them with respect. Yes, because I, I wanted to give a practical thing, one, uh, something yeah, like for it. their mind. You yeah. did. You are the party. Don't worry about it. That is so if, interesting. I also, and, and to tie in with that, I picked up a book on the street in New York from a person selling stuff on the street. St. Mark's? Yes, around there. And it was called, If You Meet the Buddha on the Road, Kill Him. And that helped me tremendously, too. And that's basically the same thing. Don't join a cult. Yes. um, Yeah. And you are enough. Okay. That's my message to the kids. I like that. I like that. I like all that. Yeah. Yeah. And Uh, don't freeze to death. Right. Uh, They're there, bless them, and then use them. That's what they're there for. I mean, I could see that defense maybe working in Minnesota or something. I'm not sure in Los Angeles you can get away with... Well, it depends, because as I was talking to a ranger the other day, and it seems the numbers are out of control, so they need to be called anyway. And so if if the kids don't do it, they're going to send out rangers to call the herd, because there's too many hobo and hobets They'll be coming into your fields and eating your berries. There's a lot. I see a lot of tents out there. Yeah, well, that is true. Um, it's sad. It is sad. It's actually very sad. It is, it is sad. It's, it's, Do you have a plan to how you're going to solve that? How are we going to solve the homeless problem in Los Angeles? It's You need a politician that has the will to maybe be a one-termer and to say, yes. and, and to say I, I don't know about the 100, there's, let's say there's 100% of the population of homeless people. And some of them want to be there, and that's fine and well. But uh, some of that population, maybe 25%, maybe 15 maybe higher, are people who are mentally ill and need help and can't. Yeah. They don't know how to apply for help. They don't know how to get the resources. Yeah. And you must have vans, not with people with guns in them, vans with social workers and doctors and nurses yeah. and people in hazmat suits and go out and get these people and clean them up yeah. and evaluate them and yes. help them out of love not out of cruelty yeah, it's not or a punishment police, no it's not a police issue i think no. it's a mental health but crisis but you need to so take them because they are mentally ill and they yeah. will not succumb they they don't know how to yeah. apply for help i, yeah. I would crazy bench- well, it sounds like we solved the problem i think we did think we, we made a little uh, headway yeah. and, uh, we'll see Oscar, I just can't thank you enough for coming by and being hilarious as you always are and just a, a, a mensch. Thank you. My That's pleasure. A what a joy to meet everyone here. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, thank you for bringing all the Ram Das insight. Yes. Which you knew, right? Yeah, I okay. feel like you brought a lot of uh, philosophy and love and humor thank to the you. show. Yes. Thank you. And we so appreciate it. Well, we appreciate it. it. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. And we'll be right back with what we've learned today. Stay tuned. Welcome back. I just can't believe how fun it was to have Oscar with us. That he was just great. awesome. And he's apparently going to be in many movies coming up. I mean, Sandra Bullock. Very exciting. I want to see that. I think they're probably husband and wife. And yeah. Daniel Radcliffe is their son. And Yeah. And I, I, we should have asked him if um, he calls her Sandy. Oh, right. Because her friends call her Sandy. Yeah, probably. Let's talk about what we've learned today. I can't wait. Paul Walter Hauser is not Jorge Garcia. Those are two different people. <laughs> Probe until you hear the ouch. <laughs> you do not bite a popsicle, especially in bed. Nature is faster than you, asshole. <laughs> Thrash and swim. 
Don't try to drive through an avalanche. Mm-mm. Don't eat the snow. Luxuriate in the nebulous. Mm-hmm. Wherever you are is okay, even if you're broke. And you are the party. Oh my gosh. I want that on a shirt. It's really good. And I believe, Chris, you have a letter from a listener? I do. I have a fun letter from Beth in Traverse City, Michigan. She says, hi, Christine and Danielle. Loving the podcast. Thank you. I had to write to tell you my brother just survived a bear attack. Oh, my God. It Holy ha- ghost. I know. I I am really excited. I mean, I'm, I'm thankful her brother survived a bear attack. It happened about a week after your bear episode was released. Did we Whoa, cause it? I think we, yeah. God, for sure. Know, what are we doing? He was in a bunch of articles and even was referenced on Late Night with Seth Meyers. Wow. The articles did get a few details wrong. All right, clear it up, Beth. <laughs> it was a brown bear, and my brother estimates it was about 500 pounds. Oh, my God. He lives in Alaska and was bicycling with a friend. They said the bear came out of a stand of trees and was 10 yards away, running faster than they could bike. Oh, my God. Of course. Yeah, you can't outrun a bear. My a brother could see it was going to attack him at chest or head level. So he got to the ground and curled into a ball. <gasps> brown lie yes! down. And the, it works. The bear was then over top of him. Okay. It bit his leg, so he gave a kick to its snout, and then it ran off. Good job. Very impressive. All this happened within about five seconds. Neither had time to use their bear spray. They had bear, ah, they had bear spray with okay. them. Okay, got it. They're smart. My brother says he is baranoid. <laughs> so he carries a pistol as extra protection, but didn't have time to draw that either. It took a chunk out of his leg and punctured his bone. Oh, my God. Garen, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I would oh. pat your, if I could reach you, I would pat your arm. Puncture. He is on crutches and still laid up a month later. He works construction, so this obviously isn't easy for him. Oh. Man, that bear should have to pay him like some kind of restitution. Yeah, like lost wages. Yeah. Right? Also, tell your brother to listen to our show. Yeah. Just, you know, to get you through. Yeah. He can just lay back and enjoy the sound of our voices. And for other things, he, I mean, he's in Alaska. There are a lot of things he could be in an avalanche. He could be, suffer all the things we've talked about. He could be underwater. Yes. Tsunami. Everything. Poisonous spiders is coming. I mean, he's in a lot of danger. He also guides various tourist outings and events, including whitewater rafting tours. Oh, my God. Driving stow machines for camera crews during the Iditarod race. Trips to the Arctic Circle and coincidentally bear hunts on Kodiak Island. So this guy's the opposite of me. Basically, yeah. he's this the guy, opposite life. He's like Bear Grylls. Right. I mean, sorry about But he about bear that. hunts, so no wonder the bear went after him. Yeah, I mean, that bear heard, sh- heard yeah, about it, and like, he was like, hey. That's not cool. Motherfucker. Yeah. Why don't you leave me and my bear friends alone? Yeah. We know you've got your gun, and you're just out pointing it at us, and we don't like that, so how about I take a chunk out of your leg and see if you like it? I mean, you don't eat bear, so what is the point of bear hunting? Maybe they do eat bear. Oh, Oh, I've never heard of that. I don't know. I've, yeah. All right. Well, I, I hope he gets better. Yeah. And I hope he's learned his lesson and doesn't hunt bears anymore. Okay. Well, thank goodness he knew what to do, says Beth. I share none of his survivalist knowledge. Well, you're learning, Beth. Yes. Because you're listening to the show. Yes. So pretty soon you're going to be dropping knowledge on him like nobody's business. That's right. 
and was happy to stick very close to his by his side while visiting. Aww. Aww. Looking forward to more tips that I hope I never need. Beth. That's really, that was very sweet. Yes. Thank you, tips Beth. You, tips you hope you never need. That's our show. It's That's tips another, you hope, yeah. yeah. Tips you hope you never need. That's right. Um, well, we love to hear more stories like this. This is this is what we live for. Yeah, write to us. Let us know what's going on with you. If you found something uh, funny or found something like, oh, that's not what I heard about that. That's fine, too. Yeah, tell us. Tell correct us. us. We're God. open to it. We love being corrected. Yeah. It's like... It's our jam. It's, it's our, our kink. It's our kink. Correcting us. Yeah. Thank God we were born women. Oh, yeah. Because we really thrive on being told how wrong we are about things. Uh, podcast how to survive at gmail.com is where you can send us emails and then we can include you in our segment called Well Actually. Yeah. Um, uh, what's our um, Instagram and Twitter handle, Danielle? You want to tell the audience? Pod how to survive. Yep. And uh, you can, yeah, please tweet at us or um, Instagram at us. I don't know what the lingo is for Instagramming, but that's okay. You uh, can like and and subscribe and give us five stars. There's no option to give us less than five stars. I just learned you can only give us five stars. That's right. And And positive reviews are the only thing that uh, it is accepted on our um, podcast. Yeah. So we had so much fun this week. We hope you did as well. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.